Good evening, world. It's Sports Arena, and it's Extreme Rewind. Your weekly journey into the world of extreme with myself, Paul, and Jay. How you doing, Jay? Salutations. I am okay. Thank you very much for asking. I thought I'd go for a more casual approach this one. That was more casual, was it? That was, yeah, that was more casual. That felt yeah. far more formal than our oh, usual. really? Oh, yeah, really? it sounded like you were, it was like Walter Cronkite reading out the news. Oh, and this just, is the news. That's not what I wanted to go for at all. Because obviously like, normally I'd be like, you know, Extreme Rewind, checking out ECW Hardcore TV from episode one or the 401, every pay-per-view and special in between, which may add, this is a pay-per-view week. That's my normal is? approach. But I thought, oh, just feel like I've let people down from I the get-go here. It wasn't bad. I don't think it was bad. But I, if you were aiming for informal, I think you missed. It's like, you know, informal but turning up in a tuxedo. Yeah, I understand. It needs to be repackaged and try again. Do you want to take another shot or are you all right? We'll be fine, won't we? We'll do this. I think so. I think so. I think, I think, I think the people know that this is the place to come to, um, to hear all about you know, our journey through Eastern to Extreme from episode one all the way to 401, including all the pay-per-views in between, including the second ever pay-per-view of ECW Hardcore Heaven that we're talking about tonight. Is that ECW Hardcore Heaven, 97? That was on August the 17th, 1997? I hope so, because otherwise I've watched the wrong show. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, this is, like I said, this is still a big deal. I mean, it's it's slightly overlooked in the conversation of history of ECW pay-per-views because it's not the first it's like the second yeah um I mean you're absolutely right it's a huge deal um however on the other hand is it though well no (laughs) could someone tell them uh, it's, it's but everything barely legal was this sort of like wasn't yeah. You know, it's but it's, um, yeah, I guess Rob's getting for opinions at the beginning. I guess we should do the show then, talk opinions, maybe. I think that's a good way around. Let's do that. Let's do it. So the show starts off with Joey Styles in the ring. He runs down the card. I don't think the crowd really cared much for Funk, Douglas or Sabo, which worried me slightly. Yep. So he mentioned all their names and got a very much like, hey... Sort of reaction similar to what I would have got to my intro at the beginning of this show. Um, Lola name got a lot of heat, yeah. So, straight away, you know, with the sort of heat seeker, he's done his bit. Rick Rude's music hit. I say Rick Rude's music hit because this is the pay per view and he's got a different edit to his music, so I've never heard this before, but it was nice. Go, Rude. We're Stars... gonna have a few of those, yeah. I know, right? Styles completely runs him down, makes Digs about working for a boy toy. Um, Rude sort of does his famous, you know, sort of intro and introduces Chris Candido, which is pretty... um... Yeah, so two things off the bat. Um, The first thing is this is a weird crowd. Yeah. It feels really um, neutral. For for an ECW crowd, you know, ECW's famous for its absolute raucous crowd. Um, this really feels as if there's a lot of like fair weather fans in there. I don't know whether they had to to kind of paper their building to try and get more people in or what, but it doesn't feel like a a crowd that are familiar with the product hugely no, or excited for really anything on the card. I was going to say, like, I don't mean it in a disrespectful way, but it felt like a very much an impact zone crowd. Absolutely, yeah. Which, and which, which kind of um, I felt picked up. I felt was picked up by the the reaction to Jerry Lawler because if you were a fair weather fan, if you weren't like a diehard ECW fan, yeah, you'd still know Jerry Lawler and you'd know he was the bad guy. Yeah, which is the way it came across. I mean, obviously Shane Douglas and Terry Funk have paid a little bit and Sabu's 
role has been a little bit the last couple of weeks. So to be fair, they would be. I don't know about that trio. Who you would cheer for? I oh, will get there. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, nor do they. Um, Where if we can get there? And the, the <laughs> it's been a minute, it's been a minute since we used that, isn't it? It's been a minute. Dot com. Um, just such sports story now. Um, it's it's um, so the other thing is you know uh, Joey Styles running down Rick Rude. What I did love was I know that you can beat me up. I know that you'll you'll kill me if you punch me. I know that there's nothing I could do to stop you if you decided to to beat me up. I know that you're this absolute badass of a dude that could just destroy me. But I got to say, um, and I did enjoy that kind of like you know. I'm not getting brave in this because we all know that that you're going to fucking kill me. Yeah, which is good. I mean, there's always been, it's, it's a shame at man factor, isn't it? That a lot yeah. of people hate the fact or, that he's this authority figure. Then suddenly he gets in the ring and he's able to do a million super moves. And yeah, goes totally. Hold his own. Yeah. yeah. And um, I mean, Michael, Michael Cole to a degree as well when he was doing the the gimmick as well. Yeah, it's a dangerous sort of um, route. You have to protect superstars as, or otherwise you lose a lot. Yeah. So, no, fair play to stars. Um, yeah, Todd Gordon comes out, does his usual. You're not a manager, so you can't be out here. You have to go. Um, Gordon impression. It was a good Todd Gordon impression. I, I feel mm. sad that we've come so far into the run before you've broken out the Todd Gordon impression. I feel we could have had more, you know, Todd Gordon stuff. Let's start... No, wait. So if Todd Gordon was to, to be ordering a pizza, hypothetically, what would that sound like? Hi, can I have a large stuffed crust pepperoni pizza, please? It's just oh, like thank you. There. Just like being there. <laughs> um, yeah. Good luck with that pizza, Todd. Because <laughs> that's going to be delivered. Loads of people are pranking him back now. And he'll confuse himself because he'll be like, that is me ordering a pizza. I mean, I know I've ordered a pizza. I can hear it's me ordering a pizza, but I don't remember ordering a pizza. I um, like pepperoni. <laughs> I, I wouldn't order stuffed crust. What are you? Um, yeah, I, I mean, um, already too much Todd Gordon on this show. Glad they've got it out of the way early. Yeah, he pops out basically. tells Rude he's not a manager, so he's got no reason to be out here and has him leave. That is that. We get the speaking intro. Of reason to be out here, Todd Gordon then walks away and is never seen again. Hmm. Hmm. Have to make a phone call. WCW, maybe. Um, yeah, we get the intro, the music and everything that you'd expect. The usual jazz is a pay-per-view. We then get Chris Candido in the ring and Taz makes his way to the ring for this TV title match. Taz coming out to his actual proper ECW second War Machine sort of theme, the one with um, the instrumentalists. Yeah, so actually nice to hear that. It was yep. refreshing. It gave me a full sense of hope for this show. It came to music. Fair. Yeah. But um, yeah, so basically that happened. Um, Big Taz is going to kill you, Chance. I found out this is the same building that Taz broke his neck in. I thought was interesting. Oh, good fact. Yeah, they, they sort of um, styles for out on commentary. And I felt somehow this could have been brought up. I don't know how relevant it was, but he brought it up, so they could have brought it up in story. Then found out that Chris Candido also broke his neck last year. And it's both yeah. their weak points. Yes, they both have necks. Both have necks that are slightly damaged. Uh, the match itself, I enjoyed it. I, I've stated multiple times. Yeah. I've been looking forward to this match. I don't. Uh, I felt like it didn't disappoint. The only thing disappointing for me was it's so early in the card because I kind of was excited for it. So if it was like semi-main or something, I would have been excited for it. Yeah, I can understand why you distance it from some of the other stuff going on. Um, but uh, I think this may have been... I, I, I reserve the right to, as we talk about it, reconsider, but I think this was my favourite match on the card. Yeah, I would um I would go with that unless I get jogged a serious thing that I forgot about. Um, this is one of the three main events as well. That needs to be noted. Yes, 
as with, stated, this is one of the three main events. We have, I'm guessing Lawler, yeah. Dreamer, and obviously the, triple, the heavyweight title match. Yeah, triple three way dance, not the triple threat. The three way dance. I call it triple threat. Yeah, yeah nice. No. Um, yeah, so basically, Taz ended up picking up the win, but I would go out the way to watch this match. I haven't seen it before. I know they have pay per views in the future, matches in the future as well. But yeah, decent match. Enjoyed it. Really was. Very they lived up to the hype. Wasn't shocked, obviously, by the victor. It makes sense for Taz to go on and Candido not to have the title because you don't want to squash Taz at this point, especially not after he's defeating Shane Douglas, etc. But good match nonetheless. We then go to Joey Styles, who thanks everyone for ordering the pay-per-view, which is lovely. And he mentioned ICP were here earlier in the evening. Now, we spoke about this the other week and we good. were not sure if the ICP would make this version of the show and they did and, and you sound thrilled by that um it was very confusing again it's one of those if you want icp on the show have icp on the show because you're clearly doing it because they have their own fan base it's been seen multiple times wrestlers crossed over with them trying to get the juggalos they're a huge, massive, loyal fan base. So if you see ICP going to be live on this pay-per-view, there's a good chance you'll get a couple of buyers from it because the Juggalos will follow ICP, even at this early stage. It's just the way it works. They've got their own festival, had their own wrestling company. People follow them. That's just fact. So why would you not advertise them prior and say ICP will be at the pay-per-view this Sunday? And maybe have this segment in full, even if it's just to start the show off. It's just yep. very weird to ICP are in the ring. They don't really do anything. They just talk, for, unless the segment's been cut and they did perform or something. And they showed it initially, and just WWE had cut it out. But, it didn't um, feel like it. It, it did feel, feel like it. It felt like it was very much for the crowd and nothing yeah. more. Um, so this would have been the um, uh, Great Malenko album. Um, yeah, 100%. And do you know how I know all this as well? Even more to the point? Yeah. Axel Rotten, the last two weeks, yeah. and on this show, he's wearing the fucking T-shirt. So for them not to do something together or Axel Rotten not to come out and save them makes zero fucking sense. They were at this point selling 50,000 copies of their album per week apparently um, and would have just been about coming into the um, uh, M&M feud in late 97 so they're about to get like their, their proper um, oh, slim anus. Exactly. Oh wow. Um, so, uh, yeah, Joe Glows from back in the day. Um, so, yeah, you're right. I mean, absolutely weird that they, they had it on and didn't really do anything with them. Yeah. I mean, Great Malenko was one of the biggest albums. I think uh, Amazing Jackal Brothers was the next one. That was one that completely blew up massive, wasn't it? Yeah. But, yeah, Great Malenko was, like, a fantastic album. And it's like... Um, I just, I just think you'd advertise them, not just having RVD come out and kill them. RVD came out and killed them, by the way. Everyone. <laughs> Spoiler. Yeah, uh, it makes sense. But I just think you, you already had an underlying story of one of your hardcore superstars clearly being a fan by wearing the t-shirt all the time. So he could have come out and made the save, or led to a match with him and RVD, or yeah, anything, anything. I think he even wore the shirt on this show, didn't he? He did. He did. He's just like, each to their own, but I just, you know, just utilise them. Just just seemed um, a little peculiar for them not to do that. Uh, we then get the ECW revenge match, Spike Dudley versus Bam Bam Bigelow. Felt the Spike had such a simple but great intro. I said it last week, and it was the same again. You had Highway to Hell or version of, playing he runs the ring he's like smashing stuff up and he just looks like so hyped up and ready it's it's, it's a great intro for a nothing intro yes 
Yeah. He's literally just walking to the ring, but he puts so much intensity and everything into it that you sort of really do believe the spike could kick the crap out of people. Yeah, absolutely. So I was a big fan of it. Bam Bam obviously comes out. And this is slightly different to their other match in the sense that Bam Bam just completely beats the crap out of Spike. Before yeah. the match even starts, he's going up to sides of the crowd saying who wants him, who wants him. Now, that would have been more powerful if he hadn't done that in the first in the first match, in the match last week. True. Um, because he's already teased that. And... I understand the story is that last week he lost because he was super confident and he got caught and blah, blah, blah. And I get that. So to start the same ma- the match off the same way, I don't think worked. If that was him scaling up, you know, that was him kind of evolving to the next level of, I'm so pissed off that this little dick has managed to, to pin me. I'm going to throw him into the fucking crowd then I get that kind of anger and, you know, I'm just going to destroy this fucker. But to do it twice after it didn't work the last time uh, was the bit that kind of went mm, for me. But yeah, the moment the bell rang. Yeah, I mean, this is like... Obviously, it's not the most intimidating-looking opponent for Bam Bam, but obviously he has beaten Bam Bam, and I think Bam Bam did a great job of absolutely pummeling him yeah. and get herself over as a beast, but also sort of a horrible bastard all in the same sort of... And Spike has an ability to sell that I think is even better than Mikey Whipwreck. You know, he's even smaller than Mikey. He's um, He takes a pummeling better than Mikey. So as much as that's been Mikey Whipwreck's role up until now, and we've talked about... You know, he's the underdog. He's the triple crown winner. Um, Spike has that, you know, plucky, you know, it's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight and the dog kind of thing. I think really works well. Yeah, no, massively. I mean, I really agree. Like you said, he just... He just fits it. I don't know if like there's an intensity with him or the fact that he sort of continually gets up. But there is there is something where, like I said, it's very similar to Mikey. Yeah. But it's just it feels different. Um, Bam Bam does launch him into the crowd with a press slam. Does. A spot that will always like make you sort of say you know oh my god or holy shit or whatever your preference is for spots like this you do just sort of look at it with your mouth open and go wow and this is the first one it becomes a little bit of a staple of um, spike uh, matches so it wasn't quite the catch and crowd surf back in uh, that will turn into some of the others but um, yeah yeah, I mean as a visual um, you know the power that it makes Bam Bam look to have um, just, just incredible. And also, it shows um, sort of the bond between like the wrestlers and the fans at this point of ECW, the level that they do sort of trust them to. Because, could you imagine like launching some of the front row at a WWE event? They just they wouldn't yeah. sort of catch you in crowds. I know they didn't crowd surf in here, but you wouldn't have the same kind of. You know, when you believe the ECW lot would stand there and sort of catch you. Because they are sort of part of it in a different sort of sense. Uh, the match goes on, but in the end, Bam Bam does pick up the win. Yeah, with, with Spike so, bumping like an absolute machine. It is. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a fun match. Like I said, it puts them both over. I mean, Spike looked like the warrior that you've got almost sort of killed to put away. And Bam Bam is someone that looks like he will kill you to put you away. So it works for both parties. Yeah, and just pissed off. And to ride this high, we go to more ICP in the ring as the Sandman now comes out um, to try to play hero. He swings the cane a few times, misses absolutely everyone, then takes some nasty, brutal chair shots to the head and is beaten down. And taken out in an ambulance. Yeah, again, beaten down. Um, he doesn't have much kind of um, of a track record here. I mean, it's 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 almost the win loss of um, Tommy and Raven. 
This one actually felt embarrassing because he was swinging the cane and missing every time. Yeah. It felt like quite like wow, what's happened to the Sandman yeah. kind of situation. He just he looked he just sort of got embarrassed a bit. But I understand it's an ongoing story throughout the show, so I can let that slide for now. The next we have a special attraction match under Monday Night Wrestling Rules. Rob Van Dam comes out to the ECW music. The reason he does this is because this is the music he's using on Raw currently. So it's a crossover with his entrance music. Little tidbit there for people that don't know. Uh, we then get RVD versus the returning Al Snow, even though he did obviously return against Taz last week. That wasn't shown. So this is his first match shown on TV. They make digs about saying him being the new rockers and dressing up like Marty Jannetty, but now he's back in ECW. Um, which again is like fine. You're going to make pokes at it, but ECW really didn't do a lot with him on his first run there. No, I mean, his first run was um, limited, obviously. He, he kind of was there for a cup of coffee between Japanese dates, I want to say. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's back. Uh, he looked good. He looks. Yep. He looks um, pissed off. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a good match. It's a really enjoyable match. It's good. I mean, it's a nice showcase for both. Like I said, um, Al Snow shows a great technician. RVD is really starting to come into his own now with everything yep. that he does. Um, Manages to pick up the win. So RVD marches on with the win, and rightly so, really. It makes sense for him to win. This, yeah, I mean, so. surprisingly 50-50. Um, yeah. I, I, I didn't know they would... I, I didn't realise they were going to give Al Snow so much. Uh, but they do. No. They're, they're quite generous with, with their stars and their matches, uh, sometimes more than they than I feel they should. Um, but, um, yeah, no, it was, it was, uh, it was a, a, a good, fun match. Yeah, that was good. Uh, Lance Wright in a chopper chasing the Sandman. This is just so bizarre. He's basically just, they're flying over, chasing the Sandman. Um, Who's... So he's in an ambulance and they're heading the wrong way. Yeah, so uh, the Sandman has been taken out of the, the facility in an ambulance and at some point during this has managed to pull himself together and commandeer the ambulance. We're not quite sure what he's done with the ambulance ambu- ambulance crew, um, but they have somehow managed to get out of the ambulance, and he is now driving the ambulance to try and get back to the arena. Yeah. Yeah, and I think they noted it was going the wrong way, didn't they? They did. So um, they, they were suggesting that he was going to where they were last night, I think, rather than where they were tonight. Yeah. Which is a weird kind of why are you making your hero look like a prat? I know Absolutely. I know that what you're trying to do is this whole kind of, oh my God, he's on his way back. We know we don't want him back for another hour and a half. But there must be ways of doing that that don't involve... He's just had a rough night at the moment because he's... Come out to be a hero for ICP. One completely missed, hasn't landed one thing and beaten up. And now hospitalized. He's he hospitalized. Now he's driving around, not knowing even where to go. It's just not a good yeah light for him. Yeah, and I think uh, we get, yeah, that will continue. Yeah, <laughs> surprisingly so. Uh, we get a Jerry Lawler promo. He said he's on the phone to Vince McMahon, and this is the darkest day. Wrestling this dump, he name drops everyone saying the Undertaker said they can rest in peace. Austin said open up a can of whoop ass and all these other little sort of bits. But it's it's a very pro WWE promo, so it works, it's good. And Bret Hart said, I know that we've got no love lost, but it would mean a lot to me if you were to to, to finish him off with a sharpshooter tonight. So I think it's it's fine. It's fine. It's, I, Nothing more can it, be said to really hype up the match. A, so just get it was heat. a good enough promo. You know, I, I think it all needed saying. I'm I'm glad they said it. It was fine. Exactly. Um, in the ring, we have the Dudley Boys, and they are joined by Jenna Jameson. Obviously, 
Yeah, Joe Gertner introduces, introduces uh, Jenna Jameson and all the crew. One bit that made me laugh, and I did pop. <laughs> it's just like, and the referee tonight is bald. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really get it, but it just, it, was, it just tickled me. It was one of, it feels like a um, Gertner promo. It's still not quite there, but it yeah, was like a good uh, intro. It is. Now, definitely it's heading the right direction. But yeah, it's just a, and your referee for this evening is Bob. Yes. And you can tell it's like obviously something that the ref had a complex about. He's just started to go bald a bit, and I thought it was great. Um, yeah, it's a good hill intro. So that now you've seen the champions of the world who are rated triple X. Let's see out the tag team who are just rated PG 13. Yeah. Again, my my issue is it's just like this is a pay per view, and it just sort of makes no sense, really. I mean, they've had a match on TV and they won. They're announced on the way to the ring that they're the USWA Tag Team Champions, and Jerry Lawler raves about them constantly. Yeah, they're from Memphis, so I'm assuming it's yeah, some that kind case, of um... trade off. Yeah. That's what I thought initially. I thought it must be a trade-off. But then I'm thinking, if that's the case, one, where's Jason? Yep. Because he was with him. And two, if you don't want to put Jason that with him, why was there not sort of some sort of interaction with Jerry Lawler on TV? Because they're not... Because you're basically... Yeah, saying... so you've got this weird thing that they're Jerry Lawler from Memphis, but they're not Jerry Lawler from WWF, and they're feuding with Jerry Lawler from the WWF, even though Tommy Dreamer went to Memphis to find Jerry Lawler and feud with him there. So you could have had anything there. You, you could have had, you know, Tommy Dreamer finding two upstanding, strong, you know, decent tag team in Memphis who helped him out because they hate Jerry Lawler too. And they've come in to have Tommy Dreamers back and and have a match with the Dudleys because they're the tag champs. Um, or you could just have them come out and and make whatever jokes and promo they're making. Yeah, I mean, they basically come out and obviously they're announced the USWA Tag Team Champion. Um, no belts. Their primary is no no belts though. The, the promo is just, um, it's, it's strange. It's, it's very much just like, you know, sort of a bubba so fat, he'd have to do something twice because he's fat kind of promo. And, um, you know, obviously not really knowing anything about the Dudleys because, you know, if you're a Dudley boy and you're a Dudley bro and you're all brothers, then all that shows me is your your mum is a hoe. Well, it's, it's the paternal brothers. It's the dad that was sleeping with everyone that was established really early into their run but I guess my issue on all of this is we know the Dudleys are the heels yet you've come out and said you're a porn star you should come with us you're fat and your mum's a whore your mum's a whore um so uh yeah, so is that that the faces? I mean, I think they expected people to laugh, but it just felt it's not ECW crowd comedy. That they, 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 they don't stuff like that. I don't think. I mean, the no, Dudleys are very. <laughs> They're dicks, but they're loves, kind of. But it's of. also, it's, uh, you know, quite apt. It's a PG-13 promo when the other dudes just walked out with a fucking porn star. Yeah. And talked about, right. you know, how um, this guy's got the largest arms and the 13-inch wrist. You know, it, it, it's... It, you've just been absolutely manhandled on this, and you're coming out doing some sort of... Jokes. Yeah, and, and a Beavers and Butthead impression. Yeah, I thought we were gone in the days of the Beavers and Butthead impression. I mean, I Beavers and Butthead can't. I'm, I'm going to have to Google, but surely Beavers and Butthead can't have been still popular in '97. 
I had the movie, isn't it? Not the movie happen. Nineteen ninety-three, Beavis and Butthead started. Eesh. That's rough. That's um Eddie Gilbert. Yeah, Eddie Gilbert kept in Beavis and Butthead all the time. Yeah, and that would have been what ninety-four, yeah. ninety-five. Yeah, well, ninety-three, ninety-four. Yeah, so it would have been what his sort of peak at his popularity. So he jumped on. It finished the correct the bad one, yeah. Yeah. seven season in March nineteen March the eighth, nineteen ninety three, November the twenty eighth, nineteen ninety seven. So this was two months away from it coming off of TV. Uh, the film was nineteen ninety six. It's just wild, isn't it? Um yeah, the match itself really did nothing. I, I just my only notes are the Dudley's one with a three D. Yeah. I, I didn't write anything about the match at all, so I have to just move on. No, there was there was but, nothing special to it. Yeah, just I, I just feel as a team for your second pay per view, just just felt a waste of a team to face the Dudleys. Are there not other teams they had? But it just felt it was a team that did nothing for ECW. Well, this was a we'll, TV we'll match. probably find out later. <laughs> but this is, when the this other is 27 TV teams match. come up. Touche. Um, extreme Chopper once again. The Sandman is still going the wrong way, but he stopped to buy beer and cigarettes. Cool. Because drunk driving's popular in 97? That's what the cool kids are doing. Uh, the lights go out as the lights appear on. Jerry Lawler is in the ring. Instantly cutting the promo, very similar to the one we've just heard. Yeah. Um, he plugs WWE pay-per-view ground zero. I thought that was yep. great. He did everything right. If you're watching this on pay-per-view, it means one thing. You've got more money than And if that's the case, then watch ground zero on pay-per-view. WWF ground zero. Um, yeah. Loved it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm pretty sure... They didn't need the ECW rub, but he just does everything right. I, I feel like, obviously, Tommy Dreamer then comes out. Lawler gives a lot to this match. Yes. Yeah. I, I feel Lawler, really, he gets dragged through the crowd, which is brave in itself. He's bleeding. He's getting strangled. Lawler gives... I feel like he's given a lot to this feud, and I feel like he gives a hell of a lot to this match. And... I am really impressed with what he's done. Yes, I'd, I'd, I'd agree, 100%. Yeah, I mean, the match itself is everything you'd expect, sort of back and forth, sort of dreaming match. They use, you know, a little bit of clutter, like I said, through the, through the crowd, wild and all this. Um, gets a little bit strange at the end, near the finish, <laughs> where the lights go out. The lights come on. And Jake the Snake appears. So the lights go out first of all and come on and it's Rick Rude. Yes. Um, and Rick Rude uh, does what no one expected and that was to get involved with Jerry Lawler in this match, even though he basically said he was going to. Um, so that happened. Uh, then um, the lights went out again. And these aren't short bits where the lights go out and they come back on. This isn't... These people are not in any way, shape or form, all hanging out under the ring so they can pop up very quickly and, uh, you know, be revealed. They are obviously in the back and having to run out and position themselves um, because the lights are going out for, for a chunk of time each time and it would have been absolutely fucking annoying if you were in the, um, uh, in the crowd. Um, but yes, yeah, so the light comes out again and this time it's Jake the Snake because... Just because I think that's the best way to answer it, just because. Um, yeah, so Jake the Snake appears and he attacks Tommy Dreamer. So he comes out, he gets a, a decent pop, then attacks Tommy Dreamer, hits him with the short clothes, which looked amazing, picks him up. It did, picked him up, hit him with the deep, which looked amazing. Also, looked, also looked amazing. Um, Lawler then goes to shake his hand and he, he hits swaps hands. Lawler. So he puts his hand out to shake yeah, swap- Lawler's hand. They're talking about how they don't have the best of histories anyway. They, he then swap hands. 
which was a little bit obvious that uh, he was going to then hit the clothesline because he swapped hands so he could pull him in for the short clothesline. But still, yeah, good clothesline. Cut some weird promo about into the crowd about your God gives and takes, mine just gives or something. Yeah, but he's too scared to take. Yeah. So um, Lawler falls so, onto a knocked out Tommy Dreamer. Um, so Dreamer is uh, down for the count and Lawler is down and the referee who wakes up because Jake the Snake kicked him because, yeah, starts counting as, as Jake starts making his way to the back. And Dreamer manages to kick out just at two and a half, two and seven eighths. And Jake the Snake celebrates this as he walks to the back. Yeah. It's just so bizarre. Like, when we talk about heel or faces, this has got to go straight into top five. Yeah. Like, what what was this? Apart from the Jake the Snake's here, so you can have the, oh, my God, what's Jake the Snake doing in ECW? I don't understand. I mean, he's not, it's, it's he's not front and centre in Didn't WWF he? at this time, is he? So his, his um, King uh, of the Ring run was 96. So that's done. Well, don't be wrong. His, everything he did was generally pretty cool. I just didn't understand the placement. No, it. I loved it. I loved Jake the Snake showing up. I loved the, the, the clothesline. I loved the DDT. It looked amazing. Yep. I, I loved Jake the Snake being in the ring. As long as I didn't think about why Jake the Snake was in the ring. Exactly. So it's just a little bit of peculiar. So, yeah. So Here's a guy who for worked for WWF. Which felt like it was basically what they were going for. Oh my God, it's Greg the Hammer um, Valentine. And the reason I ended up on Greg the Hammer Valentine there is because I originally was going to go for the Honky Tonk Man, but bearing in mind he is the cousin of Jerry the King Lawler, that would have made sense. So I couldn't go for the Honky Tonk Man because there's a connection. So I had to go with someone even more random where I went down the Rhythm Blues route to come up with someone who didn't make sense to turn up because it would have been random. Greg Hammer Valentine always made sense. I believe. If he suddenly appeared on this podcast next week and reviewed a show with us, no one would question it. Everyone would be like, that makes perfect sense that Greg the Hammer Valentine's reviewing ECW from 90. So our extreme community, tweet Greg the Hammer Valentine and tell him to come onto our show and review <laughs> ECW with us. Oh, yeah. that'd be so we'll do whatever episode he wants to do. Whatever his favourite episode is, We'll just spend some time shooting the shit with Greg the Hammer Valentine about ECW Hardcore TV from 1999. Why 1999? Because it's his favourite. Fuck off. <laughs> we'll jump to wherever he wants it. Well, I'd oh, even go back to Eastern great. days if that's where he wants to go. That'll be great. Just do a podcast, Greg the Hammer. Um, yeah, so the lights go out again. Lights come back on. Sunny appears and she sprays Dreamer in the eyes. Beauty there attacks thing. Again, it makes sense Sunny's here, but you don't feel the massive WWE connection of Sunny being here because she is so associated with Chris Candido. And it's only like a month ago she was on that TV. Turned up. And why did yeah. she turn up on TV? What caused the whole issue? RVD grabbed her up, grabbing her, which she took yeah. offence to, which is why Candido fought RVD, which is why Candido was then being beaten up and, and teaming with Taz to fight Sabu and Taz, Sabu and RVD. So why is she now on Jerry Lawler's side when Jerry Lawler's aligned with RVD, who's the one that grabbed her ass and therefore got her husband into a fight? Probably the same reason that, like I said, Candido was helping. Yeah, because WWE, despite two days before being attacked by them, on and the also Raw. being sacked by WWE, so and and aligning himself with franchise who hates the WWE. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so that's that's your um, big build. That out of the three that turned up, you've built to Sunny. Well, the truth is, it should have been Jake, 
and just let him be, I don't know though. Or, or Undertaker yeah. or someone who's actually on WWE TV. <laughs> Brackus. Brian Christopher. Brian Christopher to work. The whole angle's been built around yeah. him. Uh, and if you want, if you want to really screw, he he screws Jerry Lawler. And it was Brian Christopher that was wrestling Chris Candido on Raw, so there's a connection there. Um, but yeah, we didn't get that. We did get Sunny. We then got a couple near falls, little brawl, little brawl. Tommy Dreamer grabbed Jerry Lawler by the balls and then hit the DBT for yeah, the Yeah, so cat fight between Sunny and... Uh, Beulah, which is basically why Sonny was there, so that Beulah could come in and roll around. Beulah's then yeah. grabbed by uh, Jerry Lawler, who's threatening to pile driver, because that would be awful if if someone pile drived Beulah, that we'd never forgive them. I mean, it's not like Tommy did it every single week for about three months. Anyway, um, so then. Bueller manages to get away by low blowing uh, Jerry Lawler, which sets up the text uh, the uh, testicular claw from Tommy Dreamer, because it's still all about the fact that you know they're, they're aiming to hurt each other's balls, and then that led yeah. into a very sloppy DVD, uh, DDT, even more sloppy when you've seen Jake the Snake walk in and hit such an amazing DDT. Yeah, oh, it's just. Um, I mean, it was. It was good. I don't have like a massive issue with it because I feel like it did what it had to do. I, but um, as long as you aren't looking for logic to any of the spots that happened, you're good. As you know, if if you build this into the same logic that, um, and now Jim Cornette's here. Why is Jim Cornette here? Because, then you're fine. If you're looking at any of the stuff as to why any of this happened, then uh, Rick Rude makes sense. And then everything else just kind of goes weird. But yeah, it was it was fine. It's just, um, it's just a shame because I was really looking forward to this match as well. And I felt Lawler did give a lot of the match itself wasn't awful it just got all a little bit too confusing at the end i'd agree well they, yeah. they wanted they wanted this cool sort of big shoot angle sort of thing at the end for everyone go oh my god oh my god oh my god and it didn't need it dreamer could have just beaten jerry lawler and it would have been fine it could have beaten him clean yeah didn't need the yeah. didn't all need all of the smoke and mirrors and it didn't mean yeah, I understand sometimes it's needed, but you've had that with Lawler's debut in the build. This, it could have just been a victory and it, and it wouldn't have been an issue. Yeah. But anyway, the chopper's watching Sandman, who is still trying to get to the arena. Yay. I wonder if he's going to make it. Go, Sam. We make it in time. Um... Is now Shane Douglas versus Sabu, the champion, versus Terry Funk for the ECW World Heavyweight title. Um, yeah. Scrappy match. Yeah. Not not a bad match. No. But a scrappy match. A very similar again. Runs the risk of being slightly overbooked. Because there's just so much sort of going on. Um, so basically, the Sandman's skipping bits, they obviously all go back and forth for a while, but the Sandman does appear and pure carnage breaks out. He basically smacks Sabu. The police come out down and grab him yeah. over the top rope, which I thought was quite cool. It was a good way of sort of getting dragged out. He wasn't just taken out peacefully through the ropes. He was literally thrown over the top almost. And then was sort of like trying to get to him. But Sabu's down. Sabu gets pinned by both of them. Yep. Eliminating Sabu from the match. 
Um, the ECW roster come out and watch. Yeah. They, so at this point, I felt they really, it was a long time before they kind of made sure everyone understood that means Sabu is no longer the champion. We've, we've got a new champion. One of these two is going to be the champion. Yeah, we... And yeah. the bit that they, they kind of started talking about and, and was weird was um, uh, Terry Funk is looking to retire. Um, and he's hoping to retire as ECW champion. Which I have various issues with. One being... He had retired as ECW last champion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. On their first pay per view, getting followed around by a documentary. Yeah, you had your, you know, our way, our way, our way. You had your 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 banquet the night before. Um, you were champion up to a week ago. Just do it in the last month if you if that's your dream. If you're looking to go out as champion, then you do it eight days ago. Do eight days ago, and then. Have it so this pay per view, the main event could be the end of a tournament, yeah, or it could be or whatever. But you know, there will be a new champion crowned in the main event of this show, and it could be sort of whoever. So you'd have your hook for your second pay per view, but um, yeah, so they went back and forth. We had a couple of like Dory Funk turned up, yeah. So Dory Funk turns up. Look, yeah, last time we saw him with teaming with Funk, it's the public enemy. Yeah, barbed wire match. Now he's Terry Funk's older brother, which means a hundred. He's a hundred and two. Um, and again, Dory Funk's turned up, and they've let him wander out and get involved and stop Francine from hitting Terry Funk and blah blah. Um, yep. and it's a fine spot, you know. It's 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 not the slickest spot, you know franchise kind of stands there with his chin out for what feels like a long time before um, uh, he actually gets hit by by Dory. But my big issue was that he's come out in what he's wearing um, and what he's wearing is a shirt that looks exactly the same as the referee shirts. It's a black shirt with a red stripe. Yeah. The difference is that the, the referee shirts have diagonal stripes and this has a straight stripe down the back. But when you're looking carefully and it's in movement, it's not as easy to tell that's what it is. So he is wearing, in essence, a referee shirt which and, and a cowboy hat pulled all the way down, which means the crowd don't react because the crowd don't know who the fuck he is. Even if they were an educated crowd, they don't know who the fuck he is because you can't see it's Dory Funk. The only reason we know it's Dory Funk is because Joey Style tells us it's Dory Funk. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a fair shot. It's just, oh, it was it was cool that he came out, but again, it's just it's just rough because it kind of almost goes against. It makes sense to have Dory Funk as his brother. The problem is his older brother, it kind of shoves against Terry yeah. Funk's story. Because Terry Funk's whole story is he's, you know, getting on, he's older, he might have to retire. You can't keep up, old man. Yeah, Joey, it's, 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 it's the angle that, you know, Shane Douglas said, play with Terry Funk. It's his story, right or wrongly. It is. So then to be saved by the even older brother. Yeah. It's it's kind of it gets a bit confusing at this point. Because you sort of then oh look, Terry Funk's the younger brother fighting for the, the title. And age doesn't come into it, you just hear older brother or yeah. younger brother. And it sort of blurs it a bit. But um that being said, Shane Douglas does end up picking up the win and becoming the new ECW world The other bit champion. that I, I cringed at ever so slightly was uh, them going outside yeah. and pulling in the um, the, the railing um, just because the last time yeah. I saw Terry Funk in a match where he was using the railing as a weapon, um, Stevie Richards' career pretty much ended. 
So yeah. for that to, to yeah, come no. back into play that quickly, um, I I felt a little awkward about. And Terry Funk kind of does his, his usual kind of crazy stuff. So he hits Shane Douglas with a trash can. Shane Douglas sells it as if he's been shot. And then Terry Funk smashes the trash can and dis and disfigures the trash can over his head like six or seven times. He just yeah. walked around the ring, wouldn't he? Just and there were a few things there with like, you know, chair shots and all the rest of it. And I know you're an old man and you can't fall down so easy and all the rest of it, but fucking sell something. Yeah. It's just um it's it's so confusing. Because I don't know. He he just he switched into Terry Funk mode and it's kind of they like are... weird. But it's amazing. It's amazing, but it's not always helpful. So I think Terry Funk is a legend in the business. I, I, I don't think anyone would disagree with me on that. I think Terry Funk was very important for ECW. I don't think anyone would disagree with me on that. I'm not a fan of Terry Funk's run in ECW rewatching it because I think that there was too much reverence given to Terry Funk and there was too much um, allowance given. And he became this weird Superman in the sense that nothing could stop him and nothing could keep him down, even when he's going up against people who are 30 years younger than him and five times as strong as him and there's 26 of them, nothing can keep him down. And I feel that there was too much reverence in the sense of, and of course he gets back up, he's Terry Funk. Well, no, no, he's just been beaten down by a six foot eight, bulldozer for hire who's destroyed everyone else he should stay down and you're not making yeah. this guy look stronger because he's gone toe to toe with terry funk you're making this guy look weaker because this 55 year old guy keeps fucking getting up do i think that terry funk's super tough or do i think that um shane douglas's belly to belly suplex finisher isn't all that after it's taken five to put him down. He's so rough, isn't it? Because, like you said, Terry Funk was so important. So it is hard to say sort of things that aren't hundred percent pro Terry Funk. But yeah, his ninety-seven run. When you really dissect it, like I said, the fact. I mean, I would never get over the fact that I've stated every week. After winning the title, barely legal. He yeah. just didn't. We never got the hourway chance. We never got anything else. He then turns up and loses about a week before the pay per view, which has got to be an on the call, on the fly call, because I don't understand why he'd book him to drop it to Sabu, only for Sabu to drop it. First of all, um, a week after, you know, it's very obvious from everything what they were building to was Terry Funk versus um, Shane Douglas. And they ended up having to do a triple threat because the champion wasn't Terry Funk or Shane Douglas. Um, just, just bizarre. And then, and then for the story to be that he wants to win the championship because he wants to retire as champion. The fuck are you were champion. Yeah, he basically just wants to go back and do what he's just done. Um, it's, it's very confusing. It gets slightly more confusing. After the match, the Duddy boys come out and Joe Gertner basically says about they want to form a new triple threat with the uh, franchise where they have all the gold. And to be fair, I did kind of sit there and think, I want to be against this version of the triple threat. That's pretty good. Yeah. But uh, it was a short-lived idea as Bam Bam and Candido come out. Shane Douglas pointed to them. They turn around and they all brawl. Dudley brought it with loads of people as the triple threat then sort of retreat to the back which then brings out Bulls and Axel or any ICP shirt they then start fighting again um, so the person who's in the ring all this time and is now so, going toe to toe with the three Dudley boys and and you know not selling for them either is Terry Funk after this huge yeah. match with these two people and losing his championship and he keeps you know clawing at, at 
at Shane Douglas's leg and he gets laid out with the belt and still gets back up and you know, blah, blah, blah. And a week and a half yeah. after the bar wire All match. of this, blah, 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 blah. Um, all of this. And he still somehow managed to go in, managing to go toe-to-toe with your tag team champions on his own, which is why everyone then runs out to help him. Yeah. Um, oh, just, just wow. So this happens, Triple Threat disappeared. These guys are obviously all fighting. Dudley boys are cleaning the house again, which hits to New Jack's music here. Um, they then say, oh my God, it's the gangsters, but it's not. It's New Jack with Cronus teasing that these guys are together. Obviously, no, they become a team. And um, it's the gangsternators. And so they basically, they tease this. They come out, they clean house. Everything's fine. Saturn then appears again. I thought he was gone. Uh, He appears with his one leg still and does it off the top rope move, gets a massive reaction. And it's sort of Dudley boys disappear. Then everyone beats up Joe Gertner and the show sort of ends with everyone. And disappearing into the crowd. So you've got Terry Funk, Cronus, Balls and Axel in the crowd. Yeah. Not chanting my way, just kind of doing stuff. It just felt a very, I mean, Shay Douglas is the world champion, you know that, but it felt like they felt they had to go off with a feel-good ECW sort of moment. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, just bring it sound I I don't know if you remember um, the Lord of the Rings films, but the last Lord of the Rings film, it kind of gets taken the piss off because it's got like 15 endings. So it ends and then you go and see the other bit and then it ends and then you go and see the other bit and then it ends and then you go and see the other bit and then it ends and then you go and see the other bit and then it ends and then they go off to a next adventure, which could be another story. So it's kind of got this fake ending thing going on, going and going. And this pay-per-view for me felt like that because you've got, you know, Shane Douglas, who manages to get this win. He's standing there with the belt. I'm like, oh, wow, that's the end of the show. Wait, no, there's still like 15 minutes to go on this. And then you've got, Terry Funk kind of clawing at him and fighting him again. And you're kind of going, whoa, so this is still going. Okay. And then everyone starts running out and the, the Dudleys come out and beat him up. And you think, oh, okay, right. So they're, oh, well, no, we're still, okay, right. We're still going. Um, and then everyone comes out, the, the, the triple threat come out to fight the Dudleys. And you kind of, oh, right. Oh, so we're doing that now. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, that's, that's, oh, and, and Funk's back up. Yep. Yeah, right. So that, Oh, okay, and they've gone. So it's just Funk. Funk okay, right? Yep, that's that's and that's the end of of you know they they're going to lay out Terry Funk, and that's going to go off with them getting like the super heel heel for oh, and here comes people to save him, but it's not much. So they're going to be yep, yep, they're they're getting beaten down as well. Okay, and oh my God, it's the gangsters music. Oh, we've got the gangsternators coming in. That's 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 incredible. That's going to and they're going to clean the ring. And then oh, wait, no, that's not okay. And then right, so that's that's. And they're still going, okay, right. And 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 so oh the Dudleys have, have run away. So that's oh Joel Gertner, okay, so that's oh, oh and he's he's here with a big move, so that's got to oh, no, no, going again. And and oh, and now Cronus has come off the top. That's that's bit, uh, okay, right? No, we're still going. Okay. Oh and he's back up at 450. Well, that's uh, oh, no, we're still going, okay. Um uh, and then uh oh, oh and now we've hit him with something, that's yep, yeah, okay, right, and and no, we're still uh, and we're in the crowd. Oh, that's a few. No, well, it, it's yeah, just it's just that it was just such a weird, weird. You know how we say sometimes that that ECW really misses that editor that just kind of says, you know, maybe we don't need to fill two minutes. I know we've booked yeah. this this pay per view time. We've booked the satellites for two hours and forty minutes. If we go off at two hours and 28 minutes, it's not a bad thing. We don't necessarily have to fill that last bit just because we've got it. And if you want to do all that shit, do it for the crowd. They're going to love it. What happened after the pay-per-view went off there? Well, and then, you know, Cronus and, and 
New Jack ran out and they beat up and chased off the gangsters and then they all celebrated and everyone hit the moves on. Oh, and what we didn't cover in the match was Todd Gordon getting involved and getting put through a table with Ozzy. Yeah. Why Todd Gordon's involved, I don't know. Why he's taking a spot, I don't know. Why he's, you know, we've, we've reignited the him and Fozzie feud again. Fonzie feud again. I don't know. But it was just so bizarrely kind of, and then we're going to get this shit in, and then we're going to get this shit in, and then we're going to get this shit in. And it just felt like the pay-per-view got lost. This big moment of franchise doing exactly what he said and winning the championship and becoming the champion of ECW. He's got the, got the big gold. He's got the 16 pounds of gold. My belt, my belt, my belt. He's done it. But you forget about that because that's actually 15 minutes before the end of the show. Yeah, it's just so... Um... And if you want that crazy and that feel-good feel at the end, put Tommy Dreamer and Jerry Laura on last. Your other of your your three main events. Yeah, I mean, I didn't hate it. And like I said, it started off really strong with the Taz and Chris Candido match. But after that, I just kind of felt like the tag team title match was a letdown. RVD versus Al Snow was a solid match, but made no sense because... RVD's got heat with half the roster, so why is he facing a return in Al Snow? Yep. You could have even put him against the WWE guy and had it as a, you know, a WWE showcase match or something just to create the heat. The, 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 I don't know. I just, just felt like I got very confused with it all. Jerry Lawler, I think, did it, but again, the end of the match made no sense. It got overbooked. Main event again, the match itself was fine, but it was just they said the Dory Funk thing was confusing with the referee shirt, the same colour. Um, the Sabu Sandman bit was fine because obviously I'm guessing they're gonna sort of splinter off now and do their thing, which will be exciting. Shane Douglas winning made a lot of sense, but again, it's completely overshadowed, and we ended up with. I don't want to say like the mid-carders, but it wasn't... You're not ending the show on like, you know, your Sandmans or your Tommy Dreamers or your Terry Funks. It's sort of you're ending it with like John Cronus and sort of Balls and Axel and it's just a bit... Yes, I mean, if you're booking... I know they're, they're you know, they're lifeblood, but it's still So if you're booking of, coming yeah. out of this... So yeah. Taz and Candido was finished, so that's fine. Yeah. It looks as if you're doing Sandman Sabu. Um, yeah. I assume that means you kind of do Dreamer RVD ECW uh, stalwart versus the, the turncoat and continue to have that kind of Sandman yeah. Dreamer team thing. Um, you've made the yeah. Dudleys the the team with the biggest target on their back. So, you know, is it a championship belt or is it a target? Because everyone's now after them. Yeah. Um, including the triple threat. Yeah. Shane, you've not really got a next program for. You've got Taz in the background if you need to, because they've just kind of heated up, but you don't really have kind of like the next thing for. Um. But yeah, I mean, you can't see that it's kind of coming out with a clear kind of, and you see exactly where they're going next with it. Well, that's it. I mean, I don't even know where. Um... I know, obviously, all these things happen and it builds and whatever, but I can't even tell you what Shane Douglas is if you're coming out from this is. I guess we're going to have to watch and find out. <laughs> Which. It's a perfect way to end the show, I believe, because next week we will be watching back to ECW Hardcore TV 97 to find out the fallout from this beautiful show and see what um, happens. Thank you very much for listening. Like, subscribe, share, 
and rate it is all appreciated. If you'd like to follow us on social media, we talk about obviously ECW, but also the modern day product you can do on Instagram at underscore sports arena or Twitter at underscore sports arena. That is us. Give us a little follow. Give us a little interaction. We'll always get involved whether you want to talk about ECW or the current product. That and the stuff you, that's going on the social media is um, really, really good. Some of the, the kind of the ECW nuggets and uh, bits that are being shared on there are uh, really interesting and really good to see. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, on Instagram, we've even got um, little sections where it's like before they're in ECW, so it shows little clips of them in WCW before they're in ECW or people you didn't know were in ECW, like, you know, Christopher Daniels and Dwayne Gill and Chris Canyon. We got clips yeah. of all that Headbangers. stuff on there in the story. So it's worth going to look Headbangers. It's worth going to look at all that. Definitely is. Opinion. But yeah, thank you very much. And we'll be back next week for more Extreme Rewinds and we will 